This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And today I'm bringing a little taste of Chris Jericho's rock and wrestling razor at sea to all of you who couldn't join us on the cruise. One of the things I did was four live podcasts. The first one kicking it off. It's the Bullet Club. Well, they're not actually the Bullet Club anymore. They are changing their name officially to the Elite, and they talk all about it. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Marty Skrull, Adam Page, Cody Rhodes, all together and making a huge, huge announcement. Like I said, I guess I kind of just gave it up anyways, but you're going to hear all about it. So let's get to it. The Bullet Club is out. Being the Elite is in. Let's get started right here on Talk is Jerry. Listen, I got a podcast right now with uh, the Bullet Club. Yeah. There they are, the Bullet Club. Come on, boys. Come on up. Look at this. There they are. So many guys. I think we're one microphone short, so you might have to share a microphone over there. Okay. Brothers, brothers got to share. Um, wow. This is the first time monumental ever the entire Bullet Club here uh, in one uh, uh, configuration. Now, here's the thing, though. People are yelling at me online on Twitter, as they tend to do. It's not the full Bullet Club. We need this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. How did the Bullet Club start? Who's, who's the longest member of the Bullet Club? Kenny, is it you? It's no, uh, bus? Yeah, it's the young okay. bucks. Okay, explain how it starts. How did it all well, begin? We, we uh, came into the group probably what four to five months after it formed, uh, and we were pretty much doing the same shtick outside of the Bullet Club, so it matched up well, and uh, that's pretty much why uh, New Japan gave us the job to join the Bullet Club oh, in the okay. first place. Yep. I don't know if you want to go into that. Yeah. Uh, 2013 October uh, I think I believe it was the 25th it was, we just came on our five-year anniversary joining the club 
Um, we knew we were, we were, we were joining previous to that. Uh, Carl Anderson, our, our buddy actually hit us up and let us Chetto. know. Chetto. Chetto. Uh, a regular on talk, on, talk, on this talking shop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, uh, he let us know and, and we knew it was a perfect fit because we have such good chemistry with him. We didn't know the other guys, uh, the other guys at the time, uh, it was, it was Tomatonga, uh, Fale and Fergal Devitt. Yeah. A.K.A. Finn Balor. Finn Balor, that's right. Right. So uh, we linked up, and uh, I, I don't know what it was, but uh, whatever it was, it was it was like lightning in a bottle, and uh, we had great chemistry. And nobody, it's funny because back then, uh, we, we all look back now like nostalgically, and we go, well, oh, the, the, the Bullet Club back then, they were like these these heavy hitters, and they were so serious. But if you actually look back, it's all the same stuff we're currently doing. So I think people kind of like... They assumed things were different, but it really was more or less the same thing. Uh, it was a, just a bunch of goofballs having fun, doing whatever they wanted, and that's why it worked because it, it was all, all the boys trying to pop each other. Essentially, we'd be at, <laughs> we'd be at ringside and we'd just be saying funny things or, or you know, spatting out hilarious stuff during promos, and, and people caught on to it because they were like they could tell that we were having fun. So essentially, I think I think Bullet Club was fun, and then uh, eventually. Our, one of our best friends in the business, Kenny Omega, at the end there. Yep. He joined, and, and uh, once he joined, man, we really started having fun. Bull Club really started taking off. Well, no, why is that? Is because Kenny's goofy, too? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. you don't the thing is, though, Kenny, like, you're, you're, the, you're uh, the long lineage of, of like, the super, superstar Gaijin, which is a foreign guy. Can, I, can we say Gaijin? Is that a bad thing now? I mean, feel free. Okay. Uh, it, <laughs> feel free. The word is tossed around a lot, and I don't think it has a, a negative connotation to it anymore. Uh, it's, it's just used as a term for a foreigner competing. It's how we man. always talked amongst right, ourselves, exactly. right? But and someone I mean, said, you can't say gaijin anymore. Like, man, I'm sorry. I can't be politically correct with gaijin now. I, th- I think at its roots, it, it was a derogatory term, but I've embraced it, and it just is what I am. It, it's easier to say gaijin than to say, well, you are a foreigner from a different country that's now competing in Japan. Just get it all out there. I don't care. You know what I mean? But, but it started with, with, with Fergal, Finn Balor. Right. And then just as he left, AJ Styles basically came in. Yep. Right? And did. just as AJ left as the leader of the Bullet Club, then you came in yep. to kind of replace that. Yeah. I mean, it was an interesting situation where, as Matt had said, it was just a group of friends that were hanging out and trying to keep morale high while we were doing these grueling long tours. And, um, you know, AJ was sort of referred to as a silent leader. And up until then, there was really no leader. People had maybe had thought that, that Finn was one, um, but no one had really said, hey, there, this is a definitive leader until AJ had stepped in. But AJ had never really deferred to himself as a leader. Um, but we rolled with it. And uh, when I finally kind of ousted him from Bullet Club, we had sort of went with the uh, stance that I was indeed the true leader of Bullet Club. But I mean, between all of us, there, there never been, has been an, a leader. We've all just been equals, friends. Um, I mean, <laughs> amongst your group of friends, you never say, hey, I'm the leader of this group of friends. You don't really do that, so. Um, <laughs> who's, they, they, who's the leader of the friends, right? Well, it's yeah. it's got to be Cody then, if it's us, right? <laughs> guys, guys, the leader of the Bullet Club is uh, Jay White. <laughs> I think that's it now, right? 
It is, yeah. Well, I mean, it is, yeah. Guys, you you said it. No one, and you said it too. No one ever says, "I'm the leader." The no. first person who says that, especially there's a thing in wrestling, the locker room leader. Whenever somebody says, "I'm a locker room leader," <laughs> you definitely know that guy is not the locker room leader. That one hundred percent. So it's more of a more of a round table. I, I just love the idea how we're, we're grown men. They were, they we're like, oh, we need a lead a leader. Like we need someone to lead us. Who's you know in I mean? charge like, here? What, what do I do, Matt? Oh, okay, I'll do that. Okay, you know, like we're grown men. We can look after ourselves. I'd like to think so. Cody, do you remember this weird uh, Cody? We, we had this weird locker room meeting in WWE once. Where uh, CM Punk said that? Do you remember that? So I tried Do you remember not, that? I tried not to name names. I'll say it because it's my, it's my cruise. But do you remember they said multiple times as the locker room leader? I'm like, you don't lead me. And it and it worked on a certain demo of the locker room. But there was a there was one meeting where Booker T was in the room. And Punk hit the, uh, as the locker room leader, I'm telling you guys all to pick up your trash. And Booker literally threw his trash on the floor. And said, he's not telling me to pick up my trash. And they had this whole interaction. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> so Glenn, Glenn is the only actual locker room leader, Glenn, right? Uh, Kane? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's the mayor now. Yeah, he's the mayor. <laughs> and... He's somebody that you would listen to because he's six foot nine, 350 pounds of muscle. If Kane tells me to pick up the trash, I'm picking up the trash. If Sam Punk tells me to pick up the trash, he's going to go, f yes. <laughs> Kenny, let me ask you a quick question. Did you ever uh, work with AJ? Or was it kind of a, a ships of the night switchover? Yeah, I mean, um, of course, we did multiple tags together. Uh, and a lot of people don't know, but I have had one singles match with AJ, and I actually accredit that match to keeping me in the wrestling business. I was sort of at a crossroads. No pun intended. <laughs> and I wasn't sure, and this is in 2006, I believe. Yeah, 2006. And I wasn't sure if I was going to do the MMA thing or if I was going to do uh, professional wrestling. I was competing uh, in jiu-jitsu uh, all around the country. And I was sort of, you know, training in, in uh, exhibitions and sparring matches to do actual full contact MMA. And uh, it, was, it was enjoyable, but I found that my in-ring performance was suffering uh, because, you know, there's an aesthetic look you have to maintain in professional wrestling. And if I'm cutting 20 pounds for, for a tournament or for a fight, and then I have to go to the ring, you know, I'm going to look like I came out of a dryer. And I just, it just didn't jive. So... If I were to concentrate on one, the other was going to suffer. So I wanted to use that AJ match uh, in Winnipeg to sort of determine, you know, what, is, what does my future hold for me? Am I going to go into fighting or am I going to do the wrestling thing? And after that AJ match, when I thought, oh my, oh my goodness, like there's this guy who is so much better than me, but we have this chemistry together. It kind of showed me my true potential and maybe something that I could grasp and something that I could achieve that I hadn't actually seen yet. And then it really made me look in the mirror and, and, and say to myself, geez, even when I do these small-time jiu-jitsu tournaments, I'm always going for a finish. I'm always concentrating on having the most exciting match, even though really you should be concentrating on just getting that gold medal or, or whatever. Um, so I, I found that I'm actually an entertainer. I'm a performer. So... I was going to give this wrestling thing one more shot. So after my one tour, which is supposed to be possibly my retirement tour in America, uh, things really took off. And I, from that, 
came my first tour with PWG, where I, I met the Young Bucks, or at least half the Young Bucks. And then uh, soon thereafter, I was in Japan. So, so you actually had a singles match with AJ in I, in Winnipeg. In Winnipeg, yeah, in front where? of where? Uh, it was a place called the Palladium. Oh, that's not bad. You said like bumpers, or the fun club and then it, or it changed to like the Stratosphere. Was uh, so you worked AJ in a bar? Yeah, standing room only. It was a complete packed house, wall to wall, person to person. Equaling 450 people. (laughs) (laughs) That can headline an arena, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Cody, how did you end up? Because Cody's story is great, too, because you decided to step away from the WWE because you thought you could do better, do more. And right off the bat... Wait a minute. Someone told me online it's because you couldn't hack it there. (laughs) Is it? Which one is it, Cody? (laughs) Stardust couldn't really hack it anywhere. (laughs) You were Stardust? (laughs) No. (laughs) Cody... Did Cody, did you hear that chant last night during our match? They're going, Stardust Theater. It's a theater here on the, on the, on the ship. I, t- I took a picture with it. I came by. <laughs> I took a picture with it. I got a lot of love for Stardust. I, uh, that was a good character, though. You did, so, a good, you did a great job with that, given the fact that it was, yeah. There, there's, I actually, Chris, I don't, I, we might have talked about this, we might not have, but the downfall of everything it kind of might be your fault. It, Me? So. What are so, you doing for us? My cruise. But, but you, you paid me a compliment that my, my brother heard. And, um, ooh. So, who's got, you guys, siblings, brothers, sisters, every, all right? So me and Dustin's situation are a little different. He's a... I don't know, 20 years older than me. Uh, we, we didn't grow up in the same household. We absolutely love each other. If he needed someone in his foxhole, I'm, I'm there. But we don't have a lot in common. Um, we don't like any of the same things. We, we, one guy is super early, the other guy's super late. It's just weird. Dustin's an old school brother. Yeah, big time. what trying to say. Big yeah. time. And uh, Chris, I did these Stardust vignettes backstage, and they had made the star room for me, and they put a star filter on the camera. So there was a large investment, and then I really just wanted to go for it because it was essentially like wearing a mask. Oh, when you wear a mask, you can do anything. And Fit Finley told me, you can fall down, you can goof around. You're, you're no longer really in any jeopardy of looking silly. This is silly enough. So we did this one backstage. It went really well, and, and Chris... Uh, came up to us and he was real excited because Chris is really good about telling other people in the locker room when they did good jobs, which is a thing that's missing, by the way. Everyone just, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, he came up and he said, uh, he said, you've out gold dusted gold dust. 
And uh, I was like, oh, thank you so much. You know, I'm just standing there in this, you know, trash bag of a suit and my face all painted up and just already feel like a, a dickhead. And, uh, and Dustin just kind of like all eight feet of him just sh- shook his head and walked away. And I go, oh, no, that was it. And then every night after was um, Stardust uh, is over. No, no, no. Gold Dust is over. Oh, Gold Dust is uh, taking the heat. No, my, my, my shoulder. The stardust will be taking the heat. Okay. So, yeah. It's I'd Christmas. love to do it, brother, but my characters just can't. Right? <laughs> how, were you, how was that pitched to you, Cody, about the Stardust? Thing? Oh, man. Just in the worst way ever. Uh, we had a, a fun little run. We never wanted the team together, but we, when we did, it was successful. And we, we did the stuff with the Shield and uh, have show involved and Dad's Last Stand there in Buffalo and all that. So we, had a, we found a lot of love. And bond as you know, these guys have been together as a team. It's there's something really cool about teaming with your brother. There's a very real dynamic and right. protective element to it. But I think they just thought it was it was getting a little stale. So um, God bless her, Stephanie McMahon, just randomly blurted out in Gorilla, "Why don't you paint your face like your brother?" And quite, quite, quite. Don't say, don't say. And I, and I'm looking like ah, just trying to get out the curtain, <laughs> just trying to get out the curtain. And then I saw, I saw the old man. I saw Vince just. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was uh, he. He came out of Gorilla, headset off, and gave me the creative services guys info. Uh, creative services is a like defunct brand. What is that? What is that? You don't you don't even know creative I services. Don't think huh? so. What is it? So there's like four floors to the Stanford office, and I'd say three of them are completely useless. Um, the fourth one's where Vince and the, you know Linda has an office. Vince has an office. The writers are all there. That's where, where everything gets done. But these other floors, I don't know. Um, but there's a group down there in the dungeon called Creative Services, which would design gear. They actually designed Seth's first Solid Snake getup that he still wears today. The bodysuit and the padding and all, you know, like, so they have done a few things. Kane's design, Mankind, but I mean, that's how, that's the difference. Right. Kane, Mankind, Seth, Stardust. That, so, <laughs> so they make me, uh, they, in a week, they make me all these cool designs and um, they, none of them look like Goldust and I thought, oh, that's gonna be great. I'm gonna be a superhero. It's so cool, you paint your hair silver, and then as it got closer and closer and closer, Vince just kept picking the one that looked more and more like gold dust, more and more like gold dust. And, and I was just kind of like, uh, like a mini dust by the end of it all. <laughs> but I, yeah. I had an experience with uh, creative services when they were giving me names for my finish. Because when I first came in the WWE, my finish was called the Lion Tamer. And, Vin, and Vince went, oh, was a big pop for the Lion Tamer. Thank you. And Vince said, oh, we've got too many lions. We have the lion's den, Ken Shamrock. They had one match ever called the Lion's Den match with Ken Shamrock. And it just had happened that week. So by this timing thing, because they had had the Lion's Den, the Lion Tamer, we can't use that. We've got too many lions already. They'll, we'll think of some names. I have this 1999 typed out piece of paper. Bing, bing, slish. It, was, it wasn't even a computer. It was a typewriter. And the finishes was, one of them was the uh, rock and roll finisher. That was the name they gave me. Called the Rock Roll Finisher. The, another one was the Salad Shooter. 
And another one was at the STD. The standing torture device. People actually wrote this shit. Like, you guys get paid for this? Yeah, so... I went, I went for Walls of Jericho, Vince went, Walls of Jericho, I love it. I get it. It's the Walls of Jericho, you're Jericho. So there you go. Uh, Marty, actually, Cody, co- co- before, so how did, when you left WWE, is what we were talking about, it was pretty early on that you were inducted into the Bullet Club. How did that come about? Oh, it's, it's so not entertaining in the least, but I'll, I'll uh, you guys know Rocky Romero, right? <laughs> Rocky's kind of what we say the liaison, liaison between yeah, yeah liaison between uh, you know foreign talent relations or whatever it may be, and uh, he just he just called me up and he asked, "Do you want to be part of the the Bullet Club?" And I'm very familiar with the Bullet Club because this is like right at the point where the Bullet Club is overtaking the crowds. The coolness you're seeing more and more stuff and we i always say like out in the wild you're seeing more shirts like not at wrestling events the bullet club hoodies and all this cool stuff and too sweet and it's shifting from a parody of the nwo dx to oh no this has lasted longer uh had had you know more quality matches just over time and it's it's thriving still so it but it was this real tough decision because here these guys are you know matt and nick are the, are the best tag team in the world and, and they're probably they're, they're probably going to be the best tag team of all time. Oh, come you on. You guys know. Don't tell hurt. Bubba. You know. <laughs> oh, Bubba's, yeah. And, and, and Kenny and uh, at the time, everyone in the group, just, just next level performers. And I'm, um, what's the term? I guess I'm more like a character performer. So I was really, I was really nervous to make that decision because I didn't want to be like, I leave WWE, don't want any association with tags. I don't want any association with like a group or a faction, you know, because in Legacy, I was just, you know, like Brandy used to call me RKO bump guy because he'd do an RKO, I'd take a bump. And Brandy that's, was the star and you were, you, know, the, you were the hype man. Yeah, you know, kind of like a, like, you know, LaDrool or whatever you could, but anyways. So uh, I thought real hard about it, and everyone I asked, everyone I crowdsourced, because we all have our wrestling friends that when we think of something, we ask them. Everyone I crowdsourced said, don't do it, don't do it. But, but I just had this kind of gut feeling, which is the key to wrestling, like a gut feeling that, I, no, this is going to work. I'm going to be my own extension because these guys are their own extension of the group. They're, they're already splintered off into the elite. They're already doing this. And uh, it is one of the best decisions of my entire career because we, we love wrestling together. But we're, uh, that, as, as we all know here, you know, because we're one big family on this ship, but this is a rare thing in wrestling where we're all friends. Yeah. I don't even know how it's possible that we haven't killed each other yet, but we're all friends. And that's, that's, that's an interesting topic that you brought up literally to have six guys that are all friends they're tight they work together that's a rare thing in wrestling you have guys that you like to hang out with but six of you sticking together hanging out together that is a rare thing it doesn't happen every day marty how did you get inducted to the bullet club um so yeah i was uh wrestling for ring of honor and I'd signed a deal with Ring of Honor. Before that, I was mainly wrestling in Europe. I'd actually already been wrestling for maybe 10, 12 years, but uh, 
Just kind of always. Since you were like nine. Yeah, like you every guy from and, England. Yeah, we, but when did you start? I was twelve. You're right. I trained in Wigan at the Snake Pit when I was twelve. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I've been wrestling in Europe for for a long time and just kind of looking for that break and a, you know a real chance to to put my stamp on the wrestling business and and, and try and make some real money and uh, I got a, a break. Um, signed a contract to Ring of Honor and uh, before Ring of Honor we'd met before and we'd worked a few times and everything else and always been pretty friendly but pretty much as soon as I started uh, Ring of Honor we pretty much hit it off right like we started traveling together and it was mainly just because of our uh, shared humor and uh, I, I guess our desire for um, for wrestling I think it was amazing in fact my I like telling this story um, in my second ever match in you know, Ring of Honor, it was myself and Will Ospreay against the uh, Young Bucks. And wow, that must have been a good match. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to, you know, pull the curtain back too much, but I will just for the sake of the story. Um, we're trying to put together a bit of a match and, and a finish. And for a joke, for a joke, I suggested this crazy finish, which I didn't think would work in a million years. I said, "You go for the Meltzer driver." Will Ospreay with a springboard, catch you in a hurricanrana, but you flip out of it and hit the Meltzer driver anyway, right? And I, as a joke, right? And then Nick's like, let's do it. And I was like, no, I was like, no, 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 no. That won't actually work. Like, it's like, well, we can try. We, we won't know unless we try. And I'm like, guys, I don't know if we should try a finish. We don't know how to do because if, it doesn't, if we don't pull it off, then, you know, the match is going to be ruined. And Matt pulls me around, looks me square in the eye and goes, listen, my... Do you want to have a great match, or do you want to revolutionise the business? <laughs> I was like, and I thought, pressure. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I think these are my guys. Yeah. Um, so we were hanging out for a while, um, and then uh, New Japan uh, asked me if I wanted to be part of the best of the Super Juniors, which for me was a sort of a dream come true because I'd totally. been, yeah, I'd been my whole uh, growing up in wrestling. I was so into the junior heavyweights and the Japanese style of wrestling. And for a guy from the UK, it's really, really hard to break out of Europe, let alone somewhere like Japan. Um, so I was super excited about that. And then one day, kind of like Cody, I guess, they gave me a phone call and like, okay, Marty, you're gonna join the Bullet Club. And I was like, hang on a second. Because at the time as well, I had really had my own thing going on and I sort of established myself as one. Well. But with New Japan, I guess the way they book it, it is very much uh, within groups as well. Everything's in group booking, so it's in teams. So a lot of the American fans, right. are, I think it's lost on them. They say, oh, there's too many members in this group. There's too many. But the factions in Japan aren't the same as they are in America, where it might be three members, like The Shield or four, like whatever. But in Japan, it could be a whole host of guys because it's like football teams almost. So he told me that, and I was like, oh, I, I don't know. But they said, well, listen, mate, like it's going to be. We can be able to book you a lot more if you're in the Bullet Club. So I'm like, okay, sign me up. And they go, I said, they go, they said to me, okay, can you tweet tonight that you're joining the Bullet Club? I said, excuse me. So anyway, at the time, I happened to be on uh, on a tour with Kenny and Matt and Nick in uh, Europe, in Ireland, and I turned the guys around. I'm like, guys. So I guess they want me to join your group. <laughs> I was like, is there any way we... And they want me to tweet about it. They want us to tweet that I'm joining. I was like, we're all pretty creative people. Can we come up with something that's a little better than just tweeting it? Yo, and if I could step in for a second, that is always the New Japan way. 
if you're going to join a group, hey, could you just send out like a tweet tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> just like announce to the world that you're going to join the Bullet yeah, Club. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, it, it actually worked out perfect timing because Adam Cole, uh, God bless his soul, uh, Adam was on his way uh, out. He was in the Bullet Club as well, Adam Cole, and he was on his way to um, NXT. And uh, so it was all going to be like, okay, perfect. Well, Mai has to kick out Adam Cole, replace him. So, uh, yeah, there and then in our hotel in Ireland, we filmed the vignette, the famous vignette where Kenny introduces me into the, the Bullet Club. Um, and then the Hammerstein Ballroom sold out. Uh, Adam Cole's in the ring saying his goodbyes, his farewell on the way to the, the land of the giants. Lights out, lights on. There's the villain in the mask and my umbrella. I open the umbrella, it says Bullet Club, the building loses its shit. Um, and I was there. And that, and I, that umbrella hurts, by the way. Yes. Yes. It really hurts. Yeah. I broke That's Cody's right. ribs once with the umbrella. <laughs> you know, you go, quickly, Kenny, you're talking about the, uh, in New Japan where everyone's in a faction. And it says that on the card. If you look like who's wrestling that night, it'll right. say, you know, like Marty Skrull versus Will Ospreay. Marty Skrull, Bullet Club. Yes. Will Ospreay, Chaos. Kenny Omega, Elite. Uh, and then it said Chris Jericho, no team. <laughs> Jeez, don't rub it in. I have no friends. No team. Good old no team Jericho coming to your town. That should be a shirt. It's, it's Jericho, shirt. no team. Where's Ryan Barkin? Let's make it happen. Pro Wrestling Tees. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Young Bucks for all your t-shirts. You can buy this one, actually. Uh, now, I know all the guys. Kenny and I worked a great match. Cody and I have known each other for years. Bucks, mutual respect. Marty just meeting. The one guy that uh, uh, I'm just learning about, Hangman, Adam Page. Here's how I was introduced to him. I see the guy, he's a good looking guy, super buff, big guy, six two, three, four, four whatever. Yep. You said you said six five. four, six five, From whatever. Texas. He's seven feet tall, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I walk past the monitor and I'm just walking past and I see Hangman Page gets tagged in. He just walks and does a standing shooting star press like I would like, you know, do an armbar. And I was like, I hate this guy already. <laughs> He's got everything, and he can do a standing shoes or press. <laughs> Screw off, Paige. So tell, tell, how did you get into the Bullet Club, hey, oh, man? Oh, man. I was, um, I was wrestling for Ring of Honor. I'd been there a couple of years, and I was, uh, I was a high school teacher at the time, too. Really? So, yeah, I was. No I was, kid. What subject? Uh, I taught graphic design and uh, journalism classes. Journalism yeah, class? Journalism! Wow. I have a degree in journalism. Oh, really? Oh, That's okay. what I did. Yeah. So I was doing that, you know, Monday through Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights, wrestling, trying to get back home, uh, make up some fake lesson plans, and then <laughs> go back the next week and do it again, like week after week after week. And uh, kind of, you know, really just treading water and wondering, like, man, I don't know how long I can do this. I'm going to keep doing it. I really don't know how long. Um, and, and a good opportunity came up. They were having uh, Adam Cole and Bucks, you know, be Bullet Club and, uh, and Ring of Honor. But, you know, three wasn't really big enough. They needed, needed a fourth guy, and it was in the perfect position for me. So, like, same story. I got a little phone call. Hey, um, Paige, you're, you're joining Bullet Club. Uh, you're going to be touring New Japan a lot. You're going to go for three weeks here in just a month or so. Uh, so, so get ready. <laughs> and I asked them, you know, hey, like... Uh, Am I going to be like making a lot of money doing? It? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You will. Okay, so I, I quit teaching that month too, <laughs> and uh, that's what I've been doing since. <laughs> so if you're, and that's great, man. A journalism, 
I, I went into journalism school because I met Jesse the Body Ventura, Kenny, on the corner of Portage and Maine in Winnipeg. He was walking down the street. And I followed him, and he talked to me for like 30 minutes. If somebody came up to me when I was on the street to talk to me, I would say hi and like, like go away, leave me alone. And Jesse the Body said, you want to be in the business? You got to do get something to back it up. So I went to journalism school. So we have two journalists here. There you go. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. the decision on who's joining the Bullet Club? Is it a New Japan decision? I was going to mention it? it. So so Gato has the the last say. He's, I, okay. But Matt, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? I got that call in the middle of the night, yeah. two nights in a row. There is a member of the Bullet Club. Okay. He's not <laughs> on this stage. Is he from an island? Maybe. <laughs> we might be near his island right now. I don't know where we are. Who called me at three in the morning and uh, was very intoxicated. And he made it official for me, though. Oh, he did. But he didn't remember it. What a nice guy. Very nice. First call, pr- received pretty well. Rolled over, Brandy, hey, I, I just talked to so-and-so, and guess what? But then the next night, he, I guess he was a little too intoxicated. He called me again. And the exact same verbiage and everything... And we, that's pretty much been our relationship ever, ever since. He tells me everything twice. This is uh, interesting. There's actually been uh, at least one or two people that have told us that joining the Buddha Club that we've actually collectively put the kibosh on, yeah. actually. That's happened a few times. Throughout the years, oh, really? throughout the years Nick and I have gotten, and Kenny, and I mean all of us now, but John since we've Cena, seen, we say <laughs> no to John. Since we've, since we've been here the longest, though, we, we usually are asked what we think about people, and we uh-huh. usually give the thumbs up or thumbs down. Wow. Uh, Nick and I are usually probably the first phone call at this point. We push for Paige. Uh, actually, I got a call from Hunter Johnston, who's on This is Delirious. And he that. helps also with the booking, obviously, with ROH. And he called me with a short list of people, and I, I said, Adam Page is our guy. Wow. Uh, I also helped. I pretty much single-handedly, Nick and I booked Adam Cole in Bullet Club. Uh, so, like, you know, we have say in it, but as far as the final stamp of approval, that's always going to be Gato. Um, these days, we have no say in it. <laughs> True. So, so, and, and the criteria would be like, you know, it's kind of like when the NWO was really hot, and then they started bringing in, you know, like NWO Virgil. And you're like, the, it went from Hogan, Nash, Hall, Virgil. Nothing against Virgil. Fine gentleman. But it's not the same level of performer. Right. It's just not. That's the way it is. So do you guys have a certain level of uh, exclusivity in mind when they ask you? Like, what's the criteria to be in the Bullet Club? I mean, it's changing every day now. I can't really speak for what the Bullet Club is at this exact moment. Uh, I mean, we talked about this earlier about, hey, maybe we should just 
give the exclusive on stage today at... at uh, I was waiting for it. Do you want to do what it? Are, are we going to do it? We've are got we an exclusive going to announcement right is here. This, is this the timing, you think? I think it is. I mean, I mean, why not? Go for it. You guys want to hear an exclusive announcement? Sure. Right. It's I don't not, even it's know not like it this is. is really news, though, right? No, I mean, it's well, not. I think the writing was on the wall, really. Do we have some? Oh, there he is. We're filming for Being the Elite right now. Is there we are. There's Brandon Cutler right there. Oh, it's definitely Tom. Yeah, Brandon, by the way. Big round of applause for Brandon. Oh, hell yeah. By the way, just long story short, this guy is an unsung hero of All In. He did so much work to make that show happen. Otherwise, we would have just, oh, man. Even sacrificed his bicep for it as well. He's got the damage. Yeah. He's got the scar to show for it. <laughs> the badass. I don't even know what happened, but I'm laughing for some reason. <laughs> hey, bad things, well, listen, Kenny bad things says, happen when you wear an inflatable penis costume. Oh. <laughs> Kenny he's one says of the penis stuff sometimes it just makes me laugh. He's such a strange man. <laughs> so come to go ahead. Oh, I I think you we're ready to rock. We're ready. Ready. I think so. I, 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 Dana gave me the heads up. I got to be a lot more careful with the live mic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Matt, go crazy. Apparently Cody said stuff the other day in that ring and got Woo. in trouble for it. <laughs> got well, chewed out by my wife. <laughs> Your kids. Chewed out by Matt's wife. Yeah. Feral. Matt's kids chewed me out. <laughs> Matt's seven-year-old over here, the shin. They let me have it. So, so you guys take it away. Well, I, I mean, in 2016, uh, myself, my brother, and Kenny Omega, we attacked AJ Styles, and we called ourselves the elite of Bullet Club. And uh, we essentially, in the beginning, it was a subgroup of Bullet Club. And we had a lot of fun. We decided to, to, to start a traveling vlog of May of that year called Being the Elite. And after a while, Nick and I realized, and Kenny, we realized, okay, we, there's only so many times we can document how many times we go through airport security. So we should probably introduce some new characters. And uh, obviously our first choice was gonna be, you know, our friends in our unit, the Bullet Club, because we naturally traveled with these guys and we hung out with these guys. We pretty much do everything together. So they were naturally on our show. So for a long time now, it seems like everybody has kind of excluded this part of the Bullet Club and they kind of called us the being the elite guys, the BTE guys, the elite. So, as I said earlier, it's not like I'm going to make any a, 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 this crazy announcement because it feels like it's just natural, right? I think everybody on this ship can agree. It's not just Kenny, me, and Nick as the elite. We're all elite, right? So, from this day very forward, why don't we just call all of us the elite? And I'd, I'd like to maybe uh, specify what you mean by that. Go for do, it. Do you mean that all of us, all of us in the Bullet Club are the elite now? No, just the, the guy sitting here on the stage. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Here's okay. the deal, guys. Okay. Here's well, the deal, right? Cody's going to lose it. Yeah. I, I hate telling you this because I see all the merchandise out there. And God, we, we thank you so much for every time you've ever bought a T-shirt for any independent wrestler ever. It's the coolest thing ever to see your shirt, to see a sea of Bullet Club shirts. I mean, it, this is amazing. This group right here, this group, except for Chris Jericho, because he belongs to no, no team. No, no team. <laughs> Call back. 
we have the Alpha Club kind of. And right? no team is a hell of a team. The Alpha Club. This group right here is no longer the Bullet Club. Wow. No longer. Wow, you heard it here first. The, 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 the Tongans, the OGs, Jay White, the Bullet Club's going to be awesome. It's going to thrive. They're going to kick ass. We wish them the best of the luck. This is the Elite. And I really want I don't, I don't to, uh, I don't want this to be at all a, a, a negative announcement. We, we really much fully support the Bullet Club and what they're doing moving forward. It's just that, you know, our goals and what we have in mind for the business and, and us moving forward, it just really doesn't align with what the Bullet Club OGs are doing. Uh, you know, we take a lot of extra time, for example, to, uh, to do the Being the Elite show. We really feel that it's important to give back to you fans and to appear on cool things like the Chris Jericho Cruise. Whereas the Bullet Club OGs, they just prioritize the other aspects and elements of professional wrestling, and they'd rather not do the extra stuff, which is fine. It's okay to punch the clock. It's okay to just show up and do your job. It's just that we always felt that if we have this incredible feedback, this incredible support for all you people, just showing up to do a show, just showing up to show up and do a match, it isn't enough. If you guys are willing to bring us and make us a part of your life, if you guys are willing to spend your hard-earned money, make your vacation, this Chris Jericho cruise, this is your vacation time, guys, and you've chosen to spend it on a wrestling cruise, the least we can do is give our free time back and make your experience that much better. That has always been the elite mission statement, and unfortunately, that isn't what the Bullet Club was about lately. And so it's probably best for us to part ways and do things on our own. Well, I just want to add real quickly, um, you know, this isn't uh, a forced group. We are real friends. We, uh, we do hang out together all the time. We do share that same desire for professional wrestling. I honestly think that's why we've been brought together. We're all from different parts of the world, you know, but we've come together. We have a, a really strong friendship. And uh, without getting too serious, um, you know, the past few years, hanging out with you guys, I know we uh, squabble and fight sometimes, but yeah, we're the best of friends. And uh, yeah, I love you all. Thanks for the best few years of my life. And I was going to mention, on a, on a, in a business sense, my family's out there in the crowd right here, and every time they slap that skull logo on a T-shirt, I make about zero dollars. <laughs> so uh, we're looking so many of them. There's every knockoff, <laughs> yeah. right? And you know what? You're still supporting a good cause, and, and I'll never forget it. And you guys have made the Bullet Club shirt the most famous wrestling shirt probably in history of wrestling. Honestly, it's up there, right? It's up there with Austin 316. It's up there with the NWO. And I'll never forget it. The Bullet Club is the best best thing of our career, but it's time to do something new, something fresh, and to look out for ourselves and to look out for our families and make a little bit of money on those t-shirts for the love of God. Not, and not only that, but I mean, we're looking, at, we're looking out for each and every one of you guys too because as soon as we start keeping our head down and just listening to what the things that you know, Gato and New Japan are telling us, that's where the fan interaction dies, guys. Let's face it. All the being the elite stuff, the stuff that we're doing here, we should have been on the New Japan Junior Tag Tournament, right? Some of us should have been. I should have been well, there. Well, just Marty, because he's the only junior Marty should have been in the actual tournament. Oh, no. Marty's on steroids, guys. <laughs> Don't encourage him. 
Jerry's calling. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> but I mean, part about being the elite is is just going the extra mile and really bridging the gap between. Um, you know the people that support us and what we do in the ring because without you guys really we're nothing we couldn't have done this and um, as as time goes by just the wheels have kind of spun out of control and the bullet club is something that I can't even really recognize and relate to anymore but the elite the best friends that I have in, in the business and in my personal life I'm these are guys that I can still talk to as friends and, and as family and you know that goes both ways with you guys as well so I'd rather make these statements and, and change the business with the elite and with you guys as well rather than try to adhere to what you know switchblade and gato and the tongans would like to do so that's, you know it's uh, interesting to me when you talk about the chemistry they have so i came into this as you know no team Jer good old no team jericho <laughs> and we actually set up this whole cruise alpha club and bullet club on being the elite yeah. And right off the bat, like I had the same chemistry with Kevin Owens. I met him, hung out with him once or twice, and I went, this guy's funny. Like, I could do something with him. It's the same with you guys. Like, the first being the elite, I was like, this is, I want to be on this every week. Like, when you guys have that intro, B, elite, B, E. And it's like, it goes down the, cor the, the corridor, and like, Adam Page's like, I want to do that. Please, like you guys do. Do you want to get? Do you want to get added to the open? Yes. You put you put Flip Gordon in the intro. I can't yeah. be in the intro. How did that? I've been on more than Flip Gordon has. We were. I was very against Flip Gordon being in that intro. Very against it. Point being, though, the chemistry that you guys have and the humor. That is something like you, I, I, I could fit in with these guys right away because it's all ribbing on the square is what we used to call it back in the old days, which was a Wednesday. Um, you would tell a joke, but deep down you're serious. Cody, your punches sure suck. <laughs> Meaning your punches suck, Cody. Your punches do not suck. I'm just using an example. But that's kind of what you guys do. It's almost like watching Scream the movie where they're taking the piss out of all the cliches in horror movies and all this kind of genre. You guys do that being the elite. Some people don't like it. You're killing the business. Other people think it's hilarious. And it really has advanced all of your stories. Absolutely. You know, if you guys could do being the elite, like if you were in the WWE, for example, which it would change because everyone would be involved, but this would get over more than anything else on that show. Yeah, man, it's really changed our career. I wanted to say something before I even get into that. Uh, you mentioned Kevin Owens. He sent he sent me a, a picture of us in the ring last night in our matching gear doing our pose. Really? And he says, I will never get over this. <laughs> because a few years ago, he dressed up in our, in our same gear and we did a similar pose. So he's super jealous right Guys, now. Guys, I, I got a, I, I was not happy about the matching gear. We, 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 we got, got these those t-shirts. <laughs> Nassau Bahamas tie-dye t-shirts. Obviously, we worked yeah. very hard on that. I, I was like, guys, we've got these vests. They're going to be so jealous of our sick outfits. <laughs> like, wait for it. Then they come out looking like a million dollars. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh <laughs> How about that match, though, last night, huh? 
What a dream come true that was to be in the ring with all six of these guys. It was awesome. Thanks, yeah. thanks for being there and watching it because it was a dream come true. It was awesome. It really was. And the funny part was that match came together um, because when we were, when we, I, us, were putting together the cruise, I wanted to have a real main event that you could hang your hat on. Um, and we had so many great matches and so much cool stuff with the Sea of Honor tournament, Impact versus Ring of Honor, which has been amazing. All of these guys working their asses off. And I never was going to wrestle on the cruise originally, but then I was like, I, I need something. So I called the text, a.k.a. the Stain Age, Matt and Nick, and I said, if you guys could wrestle me and anybody, who would it be? You remember that? Oh, yeah. And who'd you say? I came up with the match. Yeah, but you originally said Lance Storm. My idea was the Unbucks and Kenny, and you oh, said Lance Storm and Rey Mysterio. Oh, you did say that. Yes, and I said, well, Lance isn't on the cruise, and Rey, for what I'm paying him, he ain't going to take no bumps. <laughs> what else you got? And then you said... Yeah, the match. You said, why don't we tag yep. together and work against Cody and Kenny and Marty? And then I was like, it's perfect, because I had the Alpha Club shirt. Somewhere guys have Alpha Club shirts. It'll be Alpha Club versus Bullet Club. So amazing. And they were like, what are we going to call ourselves? That's right. And I said, the Bucks of Jericho. You said? <laughs> or is it Y2 Jackson? <laughs> and we couldn't. You uh, came up with, or do we just call it Bone? Both. Right? <laughs> and I said to SoCal Val, the ring announcer, I said, this is our name. It's the Bucks of Jericho, or is it Y2 Jackson? Should, should I say, or is, no. It's the Bucks of Jericho, or is it Y2 Jackson? That's our team name, okay? So that's where that all came from. And my only caveat was, we're going to get matching gear, and I want a headband. That's right. Also, your headband was the only one that stayed on the whole entire match. Oh, I know. I triple-tied that mofo. I've been waiting to wear a headband for a whole year. That was not coming off. It was not coming off. So when you guys are doing Being the Elite, um, how do you... Like, Kenny told me you guys were up last night till 5 in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Filming yes. Being the Elite. You guys take this very seriously. Yeah, yeah it's a, all... A little too serious, right? Yeah, yesterday kind of took it to a whole new level. I, I can't wait to show you guys... I'm a little nervous, but uh, oh. we, we are. <laughs> it's gotten to a point, though, where there's now an infrastructure behind it. The, the vernacular being used is, hey, let's get a wrap. Let's wrap up Marty. So that's a wrap on we Marty. We got scripts like, now. There's a script. There's rolling. There's a full action. Uh, we're trying to wrap as many uh, cast members as we can. But then Hangman... I guess this is something you get in college. I didn't go to college. Uh, and Nick are, they're like master editors all of a sudden. Totally master yeah. editors, yeah. Ma Hangman has been editing with Nick the show on the ship as we go. We saw a rough cut. I mean, yeah. These guys are, yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those things as well as like every weekend uh, we'll go away, we'll wrestle all over the world. And the... The old analogy would be, oh, let's go, you know, we wrestle, then we'll go out, drink all night, party. With us, it's like, no, let's go in a hotel room and film doing silly stuff. Do you know what I mean? Let's film me in Jericho's closet. You know, that's... <laughs> that was my idea, by the way. Yeah. That's <laughs> so much fun. It was great. And it's all one take, too. Yes. There's, we don't mess up. Well, we, these guys, one of the ones I've done... One Take Jake. That's it. Did you know that's Vince's nickname for Jake Roberts? Oh, really? One Take Jake. Oh, wow. There you go. So you guys are all One Take Jakes. Take Jake? 
which was great. And, and like you said, you guys advance your storylines through. And what kind of views do you get on YouTube for, for being the elite? Usually about 200,000 an episode. So it, it's grown a lot. We have about a quarter of a million subscribers. So uh, and we've been doing it for about, what, two and a half years now? Hey, Nick, do you remember what we started at? And this is just a question for me. I, what was our first episode numbers like? I can't remember. Like now? Or no, no, no. when it first our, started? No, our first they, actual oh. episode was like 10,000? Yeah, five to 10,000 yeah so, wow. so it's grown a lot there's been some constant growth and i think the best part is you know these aren't people just kind of clicking to click um each and every one of the viewers they're very passionate viewers yeah. and uh, it's cool to have such a great a great fan base that actually cares about what we do and right. you know there's positive feedback constructive criticism you know so we know how to improve moving forward and, and you know what we listen to the comments too of course, we, we of read course. the youtube comments and we we uh, pick what we think is best and those are all off, like, for YouTube, the episodes are getting longer and longer, as you guys have seen. They're, they're full runtime now. Um, the fact that you're getting that number of views, those are all, you have to watch a YouTube video all the way through for it to... That's true. For it to Nowadays, be, yeah. yeah. So that, that number alone is... Uh, uh, being the elite is what gave this whole crew the confidence to do all in, because the dedication to it each week. We'll, this, we'll get everybody who watches the show... Gather in one spot, you know. So, and I yeah. think uh, being the elite is also just our chance to connect with the audience because we all know pro wrestling without that connection, it's just two guys being each other up, or two guys or two girls. So uh, it's almost like our, our Monday Night Raw, but if anything, we probably get more time with our audience than you would on Raw. If you go on Raw and you've got a three minute match and you've got to make the best of it. But here we have a weekly show where the audience is getting to know us, getting to know our characters, getting to know what we're up to in our day-to-day -day lives. So they have that connection with us, so they, they care more about us and, and, and they want us to do well and they, you know, they want to be entertained. So it's, it's really a big part of us giving back to the fans, I'd like to think. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. As we wind down here, uh, I want to ask you guys about All In. We talked about it before. The Bucks, Cody, we were in Osaka talking about this big thing they had coming up. It's done. It happened. What an amazing experience. What an amazing experience all across the board. It's, it's it like, like Cody, you just said, you had the same feeling for All In when you were doing the show in the Bucks, especially as, 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 as I did when this cruise actually pulled away from Miami. I was like, I can't believe it's happening. That was something that has never been done before. It was an amazing moment. Tell us a little bit about how, how it was actually doing the show and finishing the show. You know, the, we, got to, we got to go in the night before um, and see the, the stage set up. We never, we, we helped plan the stage set up with, with Mark Davis, actually, and we'd seen it in image. We'd never seen it physically. We ordered a lot of new equipment, and... The, you know, just to walk in and see it on such a grand scale. And Nick had mentioned, you know, when he was a kid, one of the first things he liked to do going into an arena was to see the, see the stage. Um, we all had these little moments. I actually had one, and it relates to the whole Bullet Club, not Bullet Club thing, where the Bullet Club was what you call the, the stop 
the stop Tron. It was the whole Tron as far as Bullet Club would be on there when people walked in. It would be on there in between video packages and things of that nature. And I was just like, I was looking up at it and uh, it just didn't feel, I felt like this doesn't really represent the, the Bullet Club. This, is a, this represents an outlaw wrestler. It represents an outlaw fan base, a fan base that has been begging for more than just a PG product. They want to be serviced in a different way. And this, it just meant something. It meant something so much more. And then it changed. The font changed to just the All In logo. And I just, it felt so damn good. And then this, you know, we were trying to put our kind of like producer hats on. You know, we ran our production meeting the best we could, me, Matt, and Nick. And then we were running around trying to get pre-tapes and things of these nature. But then I saw talent um, going out while the, uh, the confetti was flying at the end and just taking pictures of themselves in, in front of the fans while we were in the ring. And it, that was like the most touching thing because wrestlers are the biggest marks of all. If it pops us, if it pops us, we know it pops you guys. You know, we're we're way bigger marks, you know, and and that is just the best feeling. I we all had what we call the a big all in hangover, all in low. When it was over, what do we what do we do now? It was just like this this void. That, that to me, if you were there, were you, is anybody here at all in? The, the first thing that's like injected into my bloodstream that felt like, damn, man, this feels like all in again is, is this cruise. Um, it's because it's, it's, it's for wrestling fans by wrestlers. It, it cut out the suits, cut out the, the, the middleman. It's, we know what we're doing. That's Chris Jericho. He's a Hall of Famer. He's won every title in the industry. He can run a better wrestling show than any, anybody. So it just, that's, that's how it should be. That's, you know, I'll never forget um, when, when we pulled up to the arena for All In. It was after the show started when I was coming to do the surprise thing. Uh, attacking Kenny. Sorry, Kenny. Um, <laughs> Jack was there. We, we pulled up, and the parking lot of the, what was the name of the arena? The Sears Center? Sears Center. Was jam-packed. Like, I, that's when it hit me, like, oh, my gosh. They did it. They, 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 they did it. This parking lot. There's, there's so many. You would have to walk 10 minutes to get to the venue from the parking lot. I'll never forget that image coming over the, cr the crest of the hill and seeing this sold-out parking lot and going, this is now changed the business forever. Because for the first time ever, this is true, you don't have to be in the WWE to make a living, to sell out an arena. And listen, I love the WWE, I love working there. But now, you guys, here with you guys on this ship, it's not like it used to be. We now call our own shots, which gives us more options, it gives the fans more options, and it's never been this way, maybe ever. In the history of the business. Yeah, I, that's, that, I mean, that, not, to, not to sound cliche, but that's all thanks to, you know, we, we wrote the check and we rolled the dice on it, right. but uh, right. you guys showed up, 11,236 of you, so, and you showed up and sold exactly. this boat out too. Let's I, just let's just keep selling them out. I was just gonna say, I was gonna add to it that it felt like a, a, a big old family reunion, because... 
I mean, I've met most of you at this point, the thousands of meet and greets we've done, and I recognize a lot of you, and I'm taking pictures with a lot of you, and you guys buy dozens of our t-shirts. So it's like, it's more than just a fan base at this point. I swear, it feels like a connection, a real, real connection. And uh, you guys follow us all around the world, and I think we've created... It's, it's something bigger. It's, it's become a movement, and I can just feel it. I'm getting the chills. That's a, that's a real thing. He's got goosebumps. Yeah. I can no, see right yeah. here. I can, I can He's see got it. goosebumps in 100-degree weather. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm so appreciative to all of you fans for just, man, for, for all the support that you've done. For not just my brother and I, for the entire gang on, on the stage. You guys have really made my dreams come true as a professional wrestler. And, I, and I, I sit back, and I think about this year, and I go, God, how will we ever even top this we we sold out the Sears center in 30 minutes and we're on a we're on a, a boat in the middle of the ocean and there's a ring and it's been so wild and then i just think about next year and i go oh that'll be easy i think i think the word the word for everything that's happened the the, the this the damn cruise all in all this mad, the, the madness happening all around us the word and i didn't want to say it before all in but i don't have a problem saying it after all in this is a revolution, guys. And, uh, and, and each and every one of you are part of it, so thank you guys very, very much. I, I was going to say, Cody, that's a great word, because it reminds me of being in ECW in 1996, which was a literal revolution. It just didn't have the juice to go to the next level. To work in ECW, you felt like you were a part of something that was growing. This now, here I am 22 years later, and I feel the same vibe. This is something that's growing. I like being a part of this, you know? I'm kind of the no team Jericho coming in, but these guys represent what I always loved about wrestling, which is just doing what you think is right, believing in yourself, and making sure that everybody who pays to buy a ticket has a great time. You know what I mean? Um, last couple questions. You guys have said it over and over again. You're sticking together. You're gonna go be together and, and well could, actually Marty just told me he's going to NXT. Oh okay. No. He did, he did. He did. So. No 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 I Marty can't leave. You can't you can't do steroids in NXT, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to half the roster, buddy. Oh, 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 oh Kenny Omega after dark. Oh <laughs> After dark. I'll be here all week, guys. <laughs> Tip your waiters and waitresses. So you guys are going to stick together wherever you go. Is, is, this, is it real when you say that? Because, guys, the only time I ever knew guys that stuck together was Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, Chris Benoit, and Eddie Guerrero. Eddie was coming in the building. Chris and Dean and Perry were leaving. And I'm going to do my Eddie imitation, hunched over, walking like this. He sees him walking out and goes, what are you guys doing? We just quit the company. We're leaving. Okay. <laughs> Didn't ask any questions. Eddie said, he said, we're leaving. We're leaving. Are you guys, this, this is legit. You're sticking together no matter what, as much as you possibly can? 100%. I like it. Last question. What's your favorite moment from being the elite? Oh. And I'll tell you what my favorite one is. We just did a thing uh, in Osaka right before last-minute uh, dish effort to promote the cruise, which we sold out. It was uh, the three of us, and, uh, uh, and then Kenny and Cody and, uh, came in, and Marty was not there. He was getting ready for his match. We're arguing, we're arguing, and then when the argument ends, 
Cody's like, I'm going to go get Marty. I'm going to get Marty. We're going to get Marty. I'm going to get Marty. And he's half laughing like Seinfeld used to. I watched that over and over again. Because we're all yelling, so you can't quite hear it. But I hear, I'm going to get Marty. I'm going to get Marty. It's so funny. I was laughing and laughing so much. For you guys, is there a favorite moment from being the elite uh, that you can think of? Kenny, you got one? Anybody? Uh, I mean... One of, one of my favorite moments, and uh, I, it was one that I was very proud of as an episode as a whole, was, and we had kind of brushed over it, was when we inducted uh, Marty into the Bullet Club. And just having that actual pre-existing footage, knowing where we were going to be in months after the fact, and being able to play back the flashbacks of how we planted the seeds for being able to finally kill off Adam Cole... To see that it was it was kind of serendipitous how we had this vision for a story, but we didn't know we'd actually lay down all the framework in past episodes, and for Nick to be able to search that out and actually put it together in a in sort of a definitive episode was really cool. Um, the other one was when um, I was recovering from being chloroformed, and Cody had carried me to bedside. Uh, we'd had an exchange together that we just had been laughing about for hours after the fact. It was a great, a powerful scene that was never meant to be. I think, uh, uh, since you mentioned the, the chloroform and the bedside scene, that was obviously a, a favorite. I have two moments that just, they were so funny, I couldn't, st- there was no way I could not break. Uh, Arthur and Trevor are very funny characters. Arthur and Trevor came to my house. And they suspended my uh, campaign, and they were pointing at me, talking about my running mate being a, a f- bear, and I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. We must have filmed that thing like 20 times, and I just had to lower my head. The, um, that was one of my highlights, and then actually the other night, I feel real bad for Jerry the King Lawler, because he's in the balcony next to where Kenny and I are at, we had a scene out on the balcony where I just tried to squeeze in as many terrible, awful lines. And uh, this is a very adult episode that's coming out, fair before Warren. Um, but I, I, I can't stop laughing just thinking about it. So you guys are going to love the episode that comes out for Halloween. You're going to love it. I film and edit almost every minute of it, so to me, it's almost impossible to pick a favorite moment. So I love everything we do, so I I can't pick out a point. It's just too hard for me. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, the episode where we um, invaded Raw is one of the... One of the, uh, is that the one that got Jimmy Jacobs fired? That's it, oh, is the one. Is that so, the one that Jimmy Jacobs got himself fired? Let's yes. be honest, right? Yeah, no, I told these guys yeah. in the car, yeah. don't tweet the picture. And then Matt goes, Matt goes, we didn't, he right. did. Yeah. Uh, can See I just back. say, my, my, my favorite thing about that is that there's a group of fans, you know, that don't like us. A lot of people, you know, obviously you either got it or you didn't. But there's a group of fans saying, guys, this has been done before. Like, you're just ripping off DX. Like, Yes, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're, we're parodying DX invading WCW. That's what we're, it's a parody. I think it was lost on a lot of people. But uh. I think for me, my favorite spans uh, several episodes. I think it was like 20 or th- maybe 25 episodes. And I'm talking uh, about the heel work that Cody did uh, last season. And uh, we, we wrote that out for about six months. We knew where we were heading. We knew... We knew all the drama that was going to go on between myself and Nick and Kenny. Like, 
And I just want to go back to that time. And I remember, like, we were so into this story that it actually affected my life. Like, I was sad at times. Like, I actually really missed Kenny because, like, we, we couldn't hang out in public. Yeah. So, like, that entire 20, 25 episodes, like, it really took a lot out of us. Like, we put our hearts and souls into that entire story. And we knew where we were going, but, it, man, it was so painful getting there. And, and Cody played his role perfect. Like, unbelievable. Like, the unsung natural member of, yeah, the, not just a natural. The only really good actor on the cast. <laughs> then, he, then he shoots actor the on other the cast. Night, the other night, Matt looked at me and called me a psychopath. And <laughs> it wasn't meant in any way like a comedy bit on the show. <laughs> I, I got to snuck that in there. just uh, also mention uh, Hangman Page brutally murdering uh, famous dick wrestler uh, Joey Ryan. Jeez. Uh, 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 yeah, I didn't... I didn't want to list one of my own bits, but damn, when we went to, to bar wrestling and, and did that, oh my God, that little building crammed with what? I don't know, 500 people yeah. or so, just, just wall to wall, electric, like the, the pop was for 10 minutes, it just didn't, it didn't stop and it was weird and uh, that was day, weird. <laughs> it was weird, I had drove, what, four hours from Vegas to get there for it. Cody, I think, what, you bought a whole nother flight. I miles to, to flight. Miles to flight to hold the boom mic. Uh, and these guys on crew, they didn't even show up. They're just standing there in crew jackets filming it. And then we drove four hours back. And that was it. Well, I mean, Chris, we technically, we broke contract to do this. And we did, so our way of like, no, it's not. We just pretended, I don't know if you've ever seen the shot, to be crew members, but not very good crew members. My boom mic wasn't plugged into anything. Oh, man. But that bar wrestling, if you get a chance to go to bar wrestling, Joey does a great job with it. That thing's madness. Madness. And you guys have done a great job. Listen, they walked on the stage as the Bullet Club. They're leaving as the elite right here. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. All right, they boarded Chris Jericho's Rockin' Wrestling Rager at Sea as the Bullet Club, and they left as the elite. Thanks to the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Marty Skrull, Hangman Page, Cody. We had a great match and an even better time on the ship. Once again, go check out Alpha Club versus Bullet Club on Fight.tv. I can't wait to see what these guys have coming up. It's exciting. I love these guys. I hope to be involved with them for, for many, many years to come. Uh, I'll tell you what I got coming up. It's Fozzie. Uh, in Auckland, New Zealand, uh, uh, actually, we were here. We're getting ready to do it. Um, we're having a great time here. What a beautiful city Auckland is. Um, probably by the time you hear this, I think the gig will be over. But um, if you if you still have a chance, tonight, uh, November 7th in Auckland, that's at Galatos. And then we're headed to Melbourne this week, November 9th at the Max Watts. That's my birthday. November 10th in Sydney at the Manning. Then uh, a couple days off, we resume November 13th in Adelaide at the Gov. November 14th, Brisbane at the Triffid. Come check us out. The first time we've been to Australia in five years. And then the Judas Rising Tour finishes up with a crazy coast-to-coast, well, almost, Canadian 
Canadian Tour, starting in Moncton on the 21st of November at the Casino New Brunswick, 23rd Halifax at the Cunard Centre, 24th Quebec City at Centre Videotron, uh, November 25th Montreal at MTLS, what is it, MTLE, I don't know what it's called, the MTLS, MTLS Centre probably, that's what three days grace, then we move over uh, uh, November 26th, Arm Prior at the John, that's sold out. Uh, November 27th in London, Ontario at the London Music Hall. 28th in Toronto at the Rock Pile. The 30th in Thunder Bay at Crocs. December 1st returning to Winnipeg hometown show at the prestigious Burton Cummings Theatre. Uh, December 2nd, Regina at the Exchange. That one's almost sold out. Get your tickets quickly. December 3rd, Edmonton at the Starlight Room. And then the final show of the Judas Rising Tour. All the great touring we've had over the last 18 months. December 4th, Calgary at the Gateway. All ticket information for all the upcoming gigs in Australia and Canada, FozzyRock.com, including meet and greet tickets. Uh, Fozzy's legendary VIP meet and greets. You don't want to miss this. You get to hang out with us. You meet us. We hang out with you. Uh, you get to see a private mini concert just for the VIPs. Uh, the VIPs in Melbourne and Sydney are sold out, but all the other shows still have them available. Go to FozzyRock.com and check it out. Thank you so much. Uh, coming up on Friday, back to the rock and roll. One of my best friends, great guy, a guy who's done and seen it all. Rudy Sarzo is going to be here. Talking Randy Rhodes and Ozzy Osbourne. Talking Kevin Dubrow and Quiet Riot. Talking Ronnie James Dio. David Coverdale, White Snake, Ringo Starr, the guess who he has played, and Malmsteen, Rudy has played with everybody, one of the true rock and roll heroes uh, in heavy metal. You're not going to want to miss this show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks to everybody who went on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rage Red Sea. The crazy month continues. We'll see you at the Fozzy gigs, and we'll see you this Friday. In the meantime, and in between time, stay cool, stay hard, stay hungry, and a big, hey boy, the Bullet Club is out. The Elite is in. <laughs>